you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Today, we're going to have a conversation uh, with a good friend of mine. I, I feel like I know him for years now, even though we know each other for like months. It's, it's crazy, one of those things. And, and that's Billy. Billy is the founder president of Elevate Experiences. And we're going to talk about how not to make your event suck. And we're going to be honest about it. And then some of that is going to be therapy for some people. And some of it is going to be just reality around it. So we're excited about that. And then um, later on, this, this conversation is going to be going on uh, with another uh, one that we're doing with the inbound uh, person, Courtney, who runs the entire event for 20,000 plus people. And they're reimagining the entire event. So we're going to do that uh, later in the month. So uh, you can click the link there, register for the entire series. And then pretty soon, I'm talking to another good friend of mine, Henry, who is the CEO of Zoom Info. Guess what? They went public during the pandemic. And I'm like, Henry, what are you doing? And that might be the best thing they have done. It's a story of someone who has gone from zero and grew his company from the dorm room, like literally racks to riches kind of real story, real life story. I sometimes don't know if those stories are real or not, but when you know somebody, you feel it, you know it. So it's pretty, pretty cool. So let's, uh, let's bring in uh, my good friend, but as always, with a song that gets him down. There you go. <laughs> you like this, you like this. <laughs> there you go, there you go. All right, Billy, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing so well. Super excited to be here. I love that you ask the walk-up song and you actually play the perfect part of it. Most people play the wrong part, but you actually were intuitive enough to hit it on spot. So it's a great song. It's a great song. So Billy, tell what is that song about? Who is in it? And why did you choose it? Yeah, there's a, there's a moment in time all of us have where we stop and the world sort of closes in and it gets like a very narrow focus. And I feel that way at every single Justin Timberlake concert that I go to. And uh, at the 2020 Experience Tour was where that song, uh, the suit and tie with Jay-Z. So I love JT and Jay-Z. They're an incredible match. Go, uh, go type in, um, let's see, Saturday Night Live with Jay- Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z and watch the performance. It's incredible. Uh, but that particular song, there was a moment in the concert where JT gets his chair after singing that song, pulls up his guitar and the crowd is screaming and he takes one of his headsets out and, you know, he's interacting with the crowd like JT does. And they say, we love your music. And he says, thank you so much. And, you know, we love you. And he says, you know what? I create music not to get in your ear, but to get in your blood. And Mm -hmm. I remember sitting there and just watching everything totally zone in and it crystallized why I love the event world. It's why I love creating great, fantastic virtual experiences. It's why I love creating for our clients things that are going to help people's hearts come to life. So the phrase I use is an event is something you attend and experience is something you undergo. So we want to help people undergo stuff that matters. And that's why I love that song and love JT. Man, I love that. So uh, let me just welcome some of the people who are joining in. And we're going to jump into 
uh, as I said, some therapy in the beginning around the reality, because a lot of times, if ever anybody has been to counseling, the first thing you got to do is just realize where you are. If you don't, then the rest of the conversation will not make any sense. You won't be leaning in. I, I think this conversation is going to make people not only think about what's wrong, but also how do you really transform that so they can have great experiences. So let me just welcome some of the folks who are joining in. It's already in fire fire. Nally, good morning. Uh, Omar, it's, it's awesome. As I said, that people from all over the place, from India, from North America, from Atlanta, Nally, from Atlanta. Sean, good to see you. Can you, can Sean, can you put your projector on you? Because you are in, there you go. Right here. You guys are doing this actually from your studio. It's true. It's true. I'm here like behind the scenes. I'm also chatting with people on LinkedIn right here watching it. So that is so cool, man. I love that. So these, this is real. This is the first time I think we have done where it's not somebody just sitting like me uh, behind the screen. You actually have the whole experience. So this is really amazing. Um, we got, um, again, uh, Katie, so good to see you. Lots of folks. Aaron, uh, great to have you. Emily, so good to see you. So again, folks, type in your questions as we get in. Uh, Ray, Lisa, uh, the, the, it, it's a firestorm. That's awesome. So first of all, therapy session. I believe virtual events, 99% of them that I attend suck. And everybody is like, well, let's do virtual events. Let's do virtual events. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But how can we make it less suckier? Like, is there a way to do that? Like, can we not be the same way? And, and I think most people don't even realize that they suck. It actually drains energy out of you as opposed to pouring into you, like, like you just mentioned a second ago. So you do events. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your point of view on events that people do a lot of times, they just suck. Well, I'm very aware of everybody that's attending, whatever time zone you're in, that you, you took a part out of your schedule to come and hopefully receive a deep breath a sense of pause and a sense of encouragement. I just want to say thank you for your attention in this moment. And Sangram, I got to give a shout out to you. I want you to comment in the chat right now if you love Sangram. If you think he's the man, and I know he doesn't like this because he likes to focus on everybody else, but um, we're super thankful for this platform. It's been really fun to watch thank you grow on LinkedIn just by having that community, right? Versus the commodity. So I'm a huge fan. So I just want to start from that. So for me, I live in Atlanta, born and raised. Um, I have loved growing up watching how progression of what Steven Spielberg did. I love Back to the Future and I love E.T. and the Star Wars saga and then sort of grew up in that era. And then I love listening to hip hop music. So hip hop sort of raised me on the grind, the hustle to get after it. But my first concert I ever went to Sangram was Janet Jackson. You know who that is? No, tell me more. Okay, so Janet Jackson was my first concert ever. Uh, it's Michael Jackson's sister. She's kind of one of the Jackson Five. She's yeah. the music, old school, but still, still doing her thing. Uh, and I remember going to the concert, just sitting there being mesmerized, not by necessarily the music that I heard, but just I found myself watching the lighting. And I found myself watching the stage. And I watched the microphone transition and the front of house guy on the audio and and then I watched the crowd react when the light guy hit that perfect switch that made the lights go at the part of the song that made you want to clap and cheer and go crazy. And, yeah. and, I, and I didn't realize it until really years later that I fell in love with just creating experiences. You know, that idea that Walt Disney talked about is that you want to have something that engulfs people, that it all started with the mouse, with, with his idea, but how he made that into an experience. So that that's kind of where it started. And then through my career, I played baseball at Auburn. I played for the Phillies for a while. I was a professional baseball player, which was really fun. Small little 
part of the story that they they released me pretty quickly. Uh, I wasn't good enough to really make it beyond just the minor leagues, but it was fun while it lasted. But I love sports and I love music. And so creating Elevate experiences for me was just sort of a, a heart project. It's how do we find ways to create great experiences for people? So we work with brands like Chick-fil-A and Delta and Coca-Cola and other brands like that hire us to come in and make their events not suck. I can say that because that's the way you're framing it. I love it because it's just, it's real. We want to make those experiences where people's hearts come to life. And as we transition to the virtual world and a lot of our experiences we create, currently we have 19 different proposals out for some of the biggest brands in the world to help them because everybody's panicking. As you said, some therapy, it's like we're treading water. How do, how do, we, how do we keep doing our thing? And so uh, we've learned a lot. And when the plane, the Delta jet landed in New York City on the uh, 11th of March this year, and Sean, PC, and I pulled up our phone and we saw that the World Health Organization just announced COVID-19 was a worldwide pandemic. And they started saying, you can't have more than 10 people in a room together. It was, okay, we're pretty much an event company. What are we, and we have meetings with really big brands that I can't mention here, but some really big companies we were meeting with that day. And that was the conversation. And as it continues and as we settle into it, we're learning how to serve. And I can share a ton of ideas how we practically can do that. Well, so I'm going to just put it in here. What are your questions about virtual events for Billy and I? Like, I, I would love for us to like literally hear from people and ask. And I'm going to tee up a couple of questions that, uh, that I've already known. Uh, I have a small private uh, community for marketers. Sean is a, is a part of it, a big part of it, I should say. And several people right now. And there are a lot of questions that came in that community that I'm going to ask. And if somebody wants access to that, just hit me up, uh, just DM me. How the One of the biggest questions I got in that community was this. How do you keep your audience engaged, especially like we will talk in the middle part of it, but opening, man, the opening sucks. That's one of the big reasons why I do the walk of music and things like that is to just get the energy out and, and let people go easy, like feel like they're part of it. But a lot of times it's like always, hey, how are you? Tell me a complete life story about yourself from the time you were born. All the way. Like it, just, it just drives people insane. How, what is the, one of the best ways to open up the conversations, meetings? Um, because I think events like small in-house events are also events. People don't think about them as events. When you do all hands meeting for an organization, that's an event. People won't think about that as an event. So what are some of the ways that people can just apply immediately around opening events in the right way? Yeah, and I, and I tell everybody that every single moment when you gather people together, it must be an experience because every single moment matters. That's what you're creating. Um, I wrote my first book that came out in January called Culture Reconstructed. And uh, I talk a lot about how you're building culture in every single moment from the events you create, whether it's a leadership meeting or a retreat or a big national sales meeting. And you've got to think about every element of it. When you were live, you could get away with sort of a shoddy opening and, you know, things didn't quite cue right. You can get away with it. But when it's on screen, it's a much different scenario. You've got to major on the minors. So that's my first mm -hmm. point I give you is you have to major on those minors. So what, what music is on when the screen first happens? I love watching you the way you're producing this, where you're at, Sangram, is I see your lower thirds. You're popping them in. You found a platform that's easy for you to use. Um, you've got the full slide that came in. You're thinking about the music, even even though you have this at your house and, and you sort of uh, made, you, made, you, you talk bad about yourself for a second that it doesn't look good. I think it looks amazing. You, you thought about the lighting. You thought about what it looks like for the user. And so every single moment has to matter. And uh, for us, we have a training. Um, if you go to virtual event secrets dot today, yeah. we actually are taking all of our trainings that we are putting out there. And this again, no cost. These are webinar trainings that are interactive, that are fun, that 
show you games, that show you what you should be thinking about when you create your event. And there's also something there called the virtual event roadmap. And that lays out for folks, what are those moments? Mm. What's the run of show? How do we make music matter in the middle of an event? How could we do a game that's not cheesy, but it connects the dots between that speaker that's a little bit dry? Yeah. And you know they need to say their thing, but how do you bring some more life to that? And so uh, that's what that training is there. And so I would say uh, make sure you major on those minors. And um, there's tons of training and things that I can share around that. And actually, I'll, I'll pop this up on the screen here behind me so you can see it. These are some principles. Sean, can you take that full screen for a second? Uh, those are some of the event principles that, that we share. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd love for you to pick out one or maybe in the chat, if there's one you want to hear about when it comes to events, I'd love to uh, answer that. Yeah, I love it. Folks, as, as, as Billy said, just type in one of the things that you want to hear more about. And this, is, this, this itself is a great experience, right? Never before only live that I've done so far where somebody was actually creating an experience that's like, oh my God, I, didn't even feel, I don't even feel like I'm doing it virtually. And, and that is what you want to create is like people need to forget that they actually are in a virtual conference. If you do that, I feel like you, you've done it. So, so, so just talk about, go back to that one, go back to that screaming. So I want to highlight something you just said. I think that's important. We've recognized and we've called out that we are on LinkedIn. We've called that out. But also you and I at least four or five times already yeah. have acknowledged that we're not just talking to a camera that we're inviting people in. And I think that's a big miss that people have in their events is you get so robotic on, I've got to deliver my content. It's become so one way. Yep. It's important to let it go both ways. So I just want to highlight that. I think that's good for those that are watching is reminding your speakers, your who's ever on the screen to say, hey, this is not about you. Yes. You deliver your content, but it's about the community. Let's invite them in. Hey, what's your question? Hey, let's hear from you. And as soon as that happened, that's where the energy goes. So you can pop that back up, Sean, but I wanted to, wanted to highlight that. Thanks for doing that. All right. So the one, one that's coming up over and over again um, from, uh, from Stacy, um, as well as Fahim and some other folks, is this, what is, what is toes versus heel? All right. So there's two major parts of your foot. Okay. There's a lot more than that. I'm not a doctor. So don't be mad at me. But there's two major parts of your foot. There's the ball of your foot, where every single athlete performs best from the balls of their feet, from a golfer to a basketball player. That's that part of your foot that's just, you know, down from your toes. And that's where, when you're ready to pounce and ready to move, you have to be on the balls of your feet. Yeah. But most people in the virtual event world are back on their heels. They're there, but we all know when we're on our heels, we are a little bit off pace. So I would just challenge every single part of your show, are you on the balls of your feet? Even as I'm communicating now and I'm looking directly in the camera, I'm visualizing the one person that asked that question and I'm on the balls of my feet as I'm answering it. Now, if I was like this, well, actually, you know, toes versus heels is this. There's two parts of your feet. There's your heel and then there's the ball of your foot. You're more athletic on the balls of your feet. You didn't, you didn't get that as much. But when I'm here, it let me compel to you. Let me communicate to you. So it's a body posture thing, but it's also a mentality. I love that, man. I love that. That I never thought about this. I also, when you said that, I almost feel like you want people to be a little bit leaned in to the event. And, I, I, and, and when you're in a physical event, you can actually see that happening. But in a virtual event, you don't really see. Like, we can see all these comments and stuff. And we're hope, I'm, I'm hoping that some of these are, like, from just the comments that they're fired up. If they were in a physical event with you and I right now, like, there would be, like, oh, wow, there would be applause. There would be... It's some excitement there and stuff like this. So it's hard to keep the energy level up when you're just by yourself talking. If it wasn't you and I, it would be like me looking into the screen and talking. And it's extremely hard 
So talk to me about how for, for maybe for some of the speakers as they are, a lot of people are here, like they're like trying to get their speakers to, to see all those things and, and be aware of those things. How can a speaker actually keep that energy up and conversation going? So Dr. John Maxwell, who's an amazing communicator, um, I got a chance to host a lot of his events and it's really fun to watch the way John does it. So I answer it this way is there was a young speaker that was back behind the stage that was getting ready to talk and had their notes and they were going to go out there and be the warm up for John Maxwell. And they're all taking their notes and looking at it. And, and I was backstage and I noticed this speaker sort of looking out at John and noticed that John Maxwell was out just shaking hands with people. You know, with COVID 19, you got to kind of distant shake or like elbow, but he was out shaking hands with people and just connecting with them. And, and he came backstage and I remember being in that moment and the, the young speaker said, John, how are you not nervous? I mean, how are you not, how are you not uh, back here prepping? He goes, I realized a long time ago that when I'm a speaker, it's not about me. It's about them. And if I can't break that distance between me and them before I go on stage, that's when I get nervous. That's mm. when I don't know the feedback. That's how I don't know to interact. So I love how you even started this. Just, hey, tune in. Let me know where you're tuning in from. Hey, how can we elicit that? response. There's a lot of uh, platforms we use. And so different clients want to use various platforms uh, virtually. And then number one thing I challenge, I have a, right after this call, we have a demo with a client where we're going to use a poll. We're going to use chat. We're going to have interactive team games. People can use their phone to interact and play a game that they can see actually on the screen. And so there's various things that we use and we put that strategically throughout the show where it's going to help engage that attention. It's a burst of music. It's a reminder. It's, uh, we do a thing called conference calisthenics, where we have this funny moment where we do things when we're uh, behind a camera at home that just sort of poke fun a little bit at, um, let's do the toddler chase, and we're chasing our toddler. Uh, let's do the, the fingertip dance. And so, okay, thank you, Peter. So there's things you can do throughout the event that's going to engage people. But I would say as a keynote speaker, it's very easy to have the suit and tie to have the clicker to be in the space and own the audience and you can read it. Yeah. Retooling as a speaker to realize that it's really not about you. It's about them. So how could you engage earlier and make sure you know that they're on board? I love that. I love that. All right. One of the questions coming in here and just went up. So I don't know who it was. uh, So just drop in again. Was, was this is like, all right, what is the, what is it? There are a lot of people who run events right now in, in field marketing or they have their own, all of a sudden they became an events person because they're running virtual events. Everybody got to know how to do that now. So they're trying to build up the skill. Is there a process or a plan that you can give people to say, all right, here's a two, three, four, five step thing that you need to just think through. Um, we may not go detail in each one of them, but at least they will know that, okay, I need to be aware of these four or five things. Oh, look at that. All right, so we can, we can bring this full screen, Sean, to show so you can see it. Jot these down. There's a lot more training around this. Again, if you go to that website, you can go watch the free training. But here's the five steps to take. Number one, everything starts with an idea. You've got to begin with that idea. What do you want to get across? The best question you can ask yourself when you're creating an event is when people leave your event, whether they close their laptop or they physically leave the space, what do you want them to be thinking about? And what do you want them to be feeling? We have to get that answer. So every client we ask, what do you want them to be thinking about? What do you want them to be feeling? They're both important. In the virtual event space, most people are saying, what do I want them to be thinking? What do they need to know? And I would say now in the virtual space, that much more is we have to let them know how they should feel. How do we want them to feel? Is it encouraged? Is it inspired? Is it, I'm excited to be a part of the company? So the idea is important. Number two is pick the purpose. You know, the purpose of this particular meeting. Put a time frame on it. What, is it, what are we trying to do in this moment? 
I've realized in the virtual space, because we're not together as much, people want to pack everything into one moment. So an event that you should have should be a 20 or 30 minute thing. It ends up being a four hour thing and people by hour, hour and a half, they're bored. And so your purpose gets lost in the midst. I compute, I, I, um, I sort of compare this to Panera versus In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger has four things on the menu. They're really focused. You go there and you get it. Panera, I walk in, I'm like, do I want a bagel? Do I want a muffin? Do I want a salad? Am I getting coffee? I'm, I'm a little confused. Yeah. I like them and I eat there a lot, but we have to become an In-N-Out Burger. And then create an outline, which is the run of show. Create, you know, start to finish. What, do we, what are the non-negotiables? How do we make sure there's fun involved with it? Uh, Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, said never underestimate the importance of fun. So even in your outline, placing fun inside there, refine the plan, which means get the key constituents in early of who needs to speak into it. I've had people that have gone from physical events to virtual events that plan it and get it ready. And then the president comes in and says, no, we're not doing that. And all the work has been scrapped. So make sure your key constituents are in there early, refining the plan, prepare for success, and then produce with excellence. And that's really where we come in. And so if folks are out there saying, hey, we would love a roadmap, we would love to talk to someone about that. If you go to that same website, Virtual Event Secrets, there's a free download called the, um, the Ultimate Virtual Event Roadmap. If you go to that site, it's a downloadable thing. It's free. It's basically you walk, walk through step by step uh, for your virtual event. And if we can help the questions beyond that, obviously, we would love to. That is, that is fantastic. And I want people to take you. A lot of marketers are listening to it. That is called a clear call to action that is valuable. That's not like, hey, you know what? You know, I want to get a bunch of leads and stuff. If you actually go to the website, because I did check it out before uh, we went live, and it is literally a true roadmap that I think you can just sit down with your team and start planning it. And if you need expertise, you can go to someone like Billy and their team who can actually help organize. That's pretty cool. Um, there's like so many questions. Hold on, hold on. I learned this from you. I've watched the way you've built this, and, and I really am reminded of HubSpot's inbound conference about you're, you're bringing the industry leaders in, putting as much value as you can with the right intention. And it's just funny when you do things with the right intention, how things just, just come back. And so that, re that really is our intent. It's not, hey, go to this thing and click on it and you might buy something. Of course, we would love to sell you things. We would love to work with you if it makes sense. But really, that's the heartbeat is how much value can we pack into it? Love it. All right. So thank you, Sean. He just asked a great question because I'm like, there are like 100 comments and questions. So like, it's hard to get to it in action. So Sean is right over here asking a question. <laughs> no, Sean is actually telling me, here's a good question from somebody. Sean, why don't you ask that question? Okay. Okay. So I didn't ask the question. I'm like watching the feed and commenting. So Christine Seymour, Christine Seymour uh, had a great question. She said, shattering the fourth wall on a virtual event is often managing comments, questions, et cetera. Do you recommend a facilitator for these events in order to do things like that to shatter the fourth wall? So that was it. That was from Christine Seymour. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, shattering the fourth wall is a theater concept. Those of you that are understand the theater world is there's this fourth wall and Hamilton just was just released. If you haven't seen Hamilton, go watch it. It's incredible. I got to see it on Broadway, which was amazing. And there's this moment that breaks between the audience and what happens on stage. And if they can see that you're actually real and authentic, the better it is. And so here's my answer for that question is there's certain digital platforms where you can just have a help desk there that somebody can click out of your event and go to a help desk and see a live person answering that question. That's the best option for it. And also the reason I recommend having a, an MC. So I, I primarily am a host and an MC for events. So 
if this was a virtual event and Sangram, you were leading it, I would jump on and say, hey guys, welcome. We're excited you're here, XYZ, XYZ. I'd communicate and then say, hey, let me turn it over to Sangram, who's going to paint a picture of why we're here today. You share, share, share. When it pops back to me, it gives me a place to answer those questions, to engage. It lets that person who's speaking stay on point there, but it has a facilitator outside. Um, somebody with a good personality that can interact and engage. I'm looking at the camera right here, uh, looking at you, and just right above it is where I'm looking at comments. And so even in the setup of your studio, the way that that moderator's there, I can actually look up and see what's happening just above the screen. So thinking logistically of where you put your monitors, does it all make sense logistically of where you are, but also that moderator outside of it. It's a healthy change gears, change the voice, someone who's really focused on that and let the speakers do what they do. Love it. All right, here is, you ready for the best compliment of the whole series right now, Billy? Ready. All right, so Ray is calling this, in one word, a masterclass. Oh, nice. Right? I love that. So I think, I think we, so I do this every Monday and Wednesdays. Mondays are where I get, let people pitch. Like I give them five minutes to pitch me an idea. So every Monday at 9 a.m., if you're looking for a job, pitch, why should people hire you? If you're, if every time I get a salesperson reaching out, I used to ignore that uh, if I'm not interested in it. Now I give them a link and say, why don't you come pitch me live? And, and I give them five minutes of like, hey, this is your opportunity. I literally have a ticker of five minutes going on for them and say, go out, sometimes bring a new CMO in with me, like, hey, pitch it to us so that one, we want to give you real good, timely feedback right now for this. And then maybe, maybe if we don't buy, there are 4,000 other people who are reading and listening to this. Maybe you will get something out of it. If nothing else, you'll get a practice. Like I'm, I want you to have an opportunity because right now in this economy, I think people need opportunities to be in front of others and be able to get their message out. So I love when somebody says and comes back and say, well, that's like a masterclass because I feel like that's exactly the intent of this 30, 40 minutes conversation is to get people going on it. Now you have CPR over there. So tell me what that is. Yeah. So I, uh, marketing is incredibly important. Sales, fulfillment at all. But if you can't get down to that core message of what you're all about, and realize as a human, whether you had a job and you've been relieved from that job or you're working um, a cog in the wheel or what, whatever, whatever season that you're in, we have to reflect back on who we really are, know our story. I got to uh, sit underneath Dean Graziosi this last year, had the biggest internet launch with Tony Robbins last yeah. year, big master uh, knowledge blueprint. Uh, Lewis Howes, I was in a mastermind this last year uh, with Lewis and it was amazing to sit with him for several weekends and just learn. Um, so I'm a student of marketing. How are people storytell? How do they connect the dots? How do they make it about the end user? And so I think you're right on point. And that is an incredible compliment. Um, we actually have a master class that I teach about communication. It's called More Than a Microphone. If you go to our website there, I did two master classes about how to communicate better in a boardroom and how to communicate better on a stage. And so that's just like a little sidebar. But we actually did produce a master class. That uh, is so cool. Yeah. So cool. All right. I, I know you had a slide there somewhere around like the five step process or something like that. And I think this speaks directly into it. Sorry, for some reason, I can't get the name of the person uh, you're putting this comment in there saying, like, how do you prep a moderator? And what about an MC type person um, at these individual events? And I think you touched on it, but it also has like, well, what platforms um, are people using? Because again, it sucks. And thank God we all have Zoom. But oh my God, can you imagine five years from now? I think we're going to say, did you remember we used to use Zoom? Like, and it would be like this thing that like, how did you even survive with that? 
But that's, that is not all you need because you have Zoom, because the company uses it. Should people be limited to that? Or are there other options that you are seeing and creating through all these engagements and experiences? Yeah, so I'll address the CPR really quickly, and then I'll answer that is, is people can either cancel their event, postpone their event, or reimagine it. So literally right when it happened, it was CPR. You've got to give your event, your business, what you're doing for your experience, CPR. Are you going to cancel it? Do you want to cancel your profits? Do you want to cancel your impact? Of course not. Maybe you postpone it, just like the Masters is postponed until November, because obviously right in the middle of COVID wasn't a good time. But we challenge people to reimagine it. And when we do that, uh, and we're helping people that are facilitating events, I'll just pop this back up there. These are some of the things that we teach communicators when they're facilitating an event virtually. A couple of things I'll just highlight there is run that show is one of our uh, main things. If you know when it starts and when it finishes, and you can have a Tetris sort of building block mentality of how do all the pieces fit together? A lot of events we go to, particularly virtual, they feel so disjointed. It feels so that doesn't make sense. That didn't connect the dots there. It's just a bunch of pieces that are seeming are seemingly disconnected. As mm-hmm. a facilitator, as a moderator, we've got to make sure it's congruent and then it really connects the dots. Another one that I'll that I'll give you is portrait versus landscape. And so when we're kids, my kids are six, seven, and eight years old. Uh, we give kids a blank piece of paper and we lay it out in a landscape form, throw a bunch of crayons at them and say, Hey, go for it. Just have fun. Go create. And then something happens in like I don't know, first, second, third grade, we turn the paper in this portrait deal and we add lines to it. And then what do we say? Stay within the rules or the lines or the rules, stay within them. And so I think as a facilitator, you've got to understand, is this a landscape conversation where I can just blow it out and go for it full speed and create and have fun? Or is it, I need to stick to the plan. And I think virtually we've got so many people that are sticking to a plan that isn't connected, that it feels boring. I think if we can turn the paper sideways and dream again about how could we connect with the hearts? How could we connect with the minds? How could we do that in a unique way? And so as a facilitator, that's your job. The last one I'll give you is thermostat versus thermometer. Yeah. You might've heard this concept before out there, Uh, but thermostat versus thermometer, a thermometer just simply reads the temperature of something. We probably have all had one of those little things that checks your temperature on your forehead. Uh, Not every restaurant I walk into has those. But when you're a thermostat, you set the climate, which means you go and you are the one that's setting it. And so there's this beautiful balance of retrieving data and information and interaction from the people that are at your event and this balance of I'm communicating out because I'm setting the tone. So those are a few examples I'd give to, uh, to a facilitator. I love it, man. I love it. All right. One of the things that I know in events happen, and, and if anybody is doing virtual events right now, which is everybody, uh, from and, and those are longer term events, which, which is like not just one hour, but like four hours, six hours, or all those kind of things, there's an energy that goes in and out. And a couple of things as we get into it. I remember when we did the leader cast thing, uh, you, you were, uh, you know, us presenting, you were emceeing the whole thing. It was fantastic. It's the same exact studio where you're in right now. It was really well done. And I remember you did something really cool. Uh, you actually took out a normal MC uh, conversation, which is like, hey, where the bathrooms are, where the, you know, and you created this whole experience of like within your office and within all of it. Can you just walk through how you open that up and how could you actually have fun, like really give examples of like, here's how you can have fun with the same thing that people expect, but now in a different world. I think people forget that, that fun still translates. You know, something happens magical when we're in the same room. We can, um, 
call it sarcasm, call it what you will, comedy, connecting the dots. I just think there's something great when we do that live and we can do that in an honoring way. Uh, but I think when you're virtual, it just goes right to, I've got to stick by the plan. And so I believe what you're referring to is we had this moment where we took all the typical conference rules uh, or something like, all right, so welcome to uh, our virtual event. Uh, something you'll know if you're looking for the Wi-Fi access, I have literally no idea because I'm not where you are. So make sure you plug in hardwire if you can, or just make sure you find your own password. The next thing is bathrooms at this virtual event. Hopefully it's clean. Only you will know. And now moving on to, and so <laughs> we interact with, right? And so it's just designed to make you laugh just like that. And hopefully those that are watching are laughing too. You can provide some levity to the classic things that happen at a live event and make a list of those. We have a list of uh, 15 or 20 that we do at an event. We did, uh, hey, snacks. You'll notice in the back of the room, there's probably not snacks because they're in your kitchen. Now, if you want to go there and get them, feel free. But I have no idea what our snacks are today. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think those things, like those little things, I think, as you said, like, we hope people are like taking notes on this thing. It's like, I remember that. Going back to what you say, think and feel, I felt that. I felt like it was a serious event. It was a lot of good things happening, but you didn't take yourself seriously. You didn't let you, you literally let even the speakers in the room, and I'm assuming the people who are listening to it, relax and realize this is not another boring virtual event that I'm going to. Like you just immediately put that in my head, like this is not another boring virtual event I'm going to. And I felt like, man, that's the experience we want people to go away with. Uh, some of, uh, I wanted to share the story of like, how was your Elevate office on March 1st and how does it look now? Yeah, so I've got this up on the screen here, Sean, if you'll, you'll pop that up there full screen is, this is what it looked like on March the 1st. And this is what it looked like just a, a couple weeks later. We decided to totally transform the environment we had and added lights, added the cameras, added everything else and decided to create a bunch of virtual events in it because Yoda said it best. Yoda said, do or do not. There is no try, particularly right now. There's no, there's no well, we might maybe create a virtual space. Um, whether you understand the data around COVID-19, some of you might have family members that are impacted more than others. Um, I don't want to make a lot of the situation at all, but I do know this, it is, it is here and it's real. And so we have to take steps, even if it's just to improve the lighting situation where your event is. And so we just decided we're going to take massive steps. We literally cleared out our entire uh, warehouse area with all of our speakers and our sound systems and realized we're not going to use those for a while. So how could we create this event? And I don't know, Sean, how many events have we done in here with our team, virtually different places? We've got to be nearing 80 to 90 now between virtual workshops, virtual 5Ks. We've hosted our own virtual conference over two days. Sangram, you are a speaker at it. Um, we've, I mean, we're doing two, two workshops a week almost, and that's not including the, all the ones that we're doing for our clients. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned the, um, you mentioned the 5K. So we had, yeah. we had someone come and say, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but we want to do a 5K virtually. And, and I remember going, okay. And I think everybody out there, whenever there's a crazy idea like that, we have a choice to say, uh, that's not going to work. Yeah. Or, you know what? That's cool. Tell me more. Let's, yeah. try it. Let's chase it. Because Walt Disney has this quote about curiosity that curiosity keeps leading us down new paths and opens up new doors. And so we did a 5K and they raised over $15,000, had runners from 18 different states. And they said it was one of their best 5Ks ever because they just simply decided that they were going to do it. And we help, we help make that awesome. So that is so cool, man. I, I love, I hope people are getting ideas. Like this is like not to give them, here's what exactly what to do. I mean, you can download it from, from the website, as you said, all the different things that you guys 
help people think through uh, that I'm hoping people are really walking out right now thinking like, oh my God, my mind is exploding. I did not think virtual events could be cool. Like that's it. Like they can be really, really cool. Um, uh, thanks again, Sean, from being my DJ on this one and helping me with finding the right questions because I'm definitely uh, not, because I'm like so in the conversation that I'm not looking at the, at the, the all the other comments. So thank you so much for doing that and, and, and giving me an opportunity to ask these questions. So I got you, man. I got you. You got me. That is blowing up right now. It's really fun. It's fun. All right. So you can read the question as well as, um, as well. This is from Karina. She's saying, uh, a lot of nonprofits are moving their annual fundraisers to a virtual event. Uh, absolutely. And are looking for ways to get people just as excited about the live auction items. Now, this is really where money is exchanged and, and people you want people to emotionally feel something. Any suggestions on creative ways to both building the excitement before and during virtually? Yeah, so something uh, we actually have several clients where we're helping them host their galas, their virtual events this fall and in the spring. And what I'm telling folks when I sit down with them and look them in the eye and saying, it's a decision before you even start of this might work of saying, no, this is going to be the best year we've ever had. And here's why. I know that sounds maybe a little um, out there or too mindset-y, if you will. But I just believe when you begin with that premise, you can solve everything else. And so um, I would begin with that. And then also understand at the end of it, all the buttons have to work. If your CTA, if your call to action is to give your particular nonprofit, make sure that actually works. And so when you're live, you can hand the envelope and hand it back or go to the app and just make sure you've thought through the, the UX, the user experience of it to know what am I asking them to do with their phones? What am I asking them to do with their screen? We have a leadership event that we're hosting uh, early next week where we have 60 people from a bank and we're going to have them have their screens in front of them with their phones in hand, and they're going to interact on both. And we're thinking through strategically and actually practicing how that works. So if you're a nonprofit, particularly if you're uh, having a fundraising event where you're looking to raise dollars, make sure that part works. But then also what I've noticed is the live music on virtual events right now is popping. And so don't overthink it. Maybe it's just an acoustic person that's playing as folks arrive. Uh, what we do is we'll have a DJ. Like in this studio, we'll have a DJ right next to me. We'll pan the camera. The DJ will be playing. We'll pause the music and we'll go right into it. Hey, welcome. We're so excited you're here. And so instead of saying what we can't do, ask yourself what we can continue to do. And what I'm challenging nonprofits and folks that have big events they've done in the past is take a blank sheet of paper, make a big fat line down the middle and write this stuff on the left side of the things that we can continue to do, even though it's virtual. And then right on the right of the things that we won't be able to do anymore. I think you'll realize that list is a lot shorter than you thought it might be, the stuff that you can't do. And so when you write that down, then begin to dream about how you can actually execute on that. And we're seeing some great success. Plus, alumni of your nonprofit. It lets you reach out to a whole different state, different countries, different storytelling. You're capturing stuff for social media. I mean, there's so many other ways to tell the story versus are the napkins the right color? Yeah. You know, is the band going to be there? When can we load in? Like there, there are real things to have on the events that are not there right now that we can focus our attention on storytelling and getting the word out. Would you recommend people to have smaller events or bigger events if they had a choice? You're talking about a virtual event? Yeah, virtual event. Like, like for example, like I'm, I'm seeing people trying to get thousand people at the same level and trying to move thousands. And then I'm seeing some people actually create breakouts within them to say, hey, 
of the thousand people, we need to create experiences for different people to keep them here. Like I, I think I'm seeing everybody, literally everybody. And that's where I say, it's like boring. And if you're in B2B, I think people need to change. I need to write a book that says B2B is not boring to boring. It needs to be like really good to good. So something that changed a blockbuster to blockbuster, something to, to get people to rethink and reimagine. So I'm curious for people who are doing big events and getting a lot of people to join in, what can they do to make that experience a little bit unique and almost personalized uh, to their comfort? Yeah, I believe the quote that people support what they help create. And so if you can get into a co-creation situation with all of your clientele, with your team members, I recommend having as small events as you possibly can that your budget allows, that your timeframe allows. Um, there's a tipping point number. I don't quite have a direct answer, but there's somewhere around 200 people plus that you lose that touch point, engage in chat. There, it's somewhere around that 200 to 500 number. If you're planning a really big event, like I have a, a proposal out for a client that they want to do an event for 150 to 200,000 people. And wow. I'm pushing back on them saying, let's do six events on the same day that are all 20 to 50,000, much lower Still not the 200 number, but the more you can contextualize it and bring in things that matter to the people that are on it, something for the Southeast, for the Northeast, and you're bringing various elements that mean something to them, the more likely they're going to be endeared to you. So um, I don't know, budgetary wise, I mean, you look at travel and hotel rooms and all these things are eliminated from the budget. Instead of just throwing that out and say, we don't have that, talk to your budget folks and say, hey, could we still have that budget? Maybe it's a fraction of it. But could we leverage that to create three experiences on the same night that are to three different audiences that helps us contextualize the story? So that's my recommendation. But obviously, budget restraints and time restraints are the biggest part. All right. So as always, uh, I'm loving that Sean is keeping me honest. So I don't know where that question is, but the question is from Aisha. So I'm just going to share that. The question is, how do we keep it real and spontaneous with everything so planned? I love that question because it, they're, they're my, I'm, I'm so glad. I think it's, it's from Aisha. Um, and, and I think it, it is something that might feel a little bit over-architected or over-orchestrated. But in some way, shape, or form, I know you make it fun and easy. A lot of people think like, well, it's probably easy for you because you do this thing for a living. But there are a lot of people right now in organizations like, well, I'm just I'm just trying to get things going. I'm just trying, like barely able to keep things. And if I go so detailed, I feel like it will be very, like it will go back to being sucky. Yep, I agree. And uh, there's a lot of people that think they can take pictures at their own wedding. Let me just say that. <laughs> right? I mean, but no, nobody would say, you know, I'm going to ask my cousin Don, who's never done this before, to grab a camera and take pictures at a wedding or a videographer. Um, we've got an amazing one here at Elevate. His, his name is Ben. He's sitting right behind the camera here. And if I were to take the camera and try to capture it, it would be okay, but it wouldn't be at the level I'm looking for. This is not my case to hire Elevate, but it's a case to really think about. You don't have to figure it all out. If I were to think about what you do, Sangram, if I were to think about all the things you know, it would take me forever to ramp up to it. The question is, do you want to educate yourself to ramp up to it or do you want to bring somebody in to help you? That's the classic question. But to make it not so... Um, make it feel a little bit more spontaneous. I'm showing, I'm demonstrating that for you right now is I didn't have this plan, but I had it in my back pocket. And so I think to have your script down, but have something in your back pocket you can do is important. So I'm going to play a little game with you guys out there. It's called Emojiology. All right. If you go to our YouTube channel, which is Elevate Experiences, 
go subscribe. Doesn't cost anything. We're always putting videos out about different interactive games we can play. So here's something that was non-scripted. And I'm going to play this with you, Sangram. And if you can beat Sangram in the chat, uh, we might give you some sort of grand prize if you get this right. I'll say it. Let's do it. Sean and somebody else in chat, take a look at it. We got some other team members. Oh, it's delayed. So Sangram's always going to win. Sangram's going to win. Good. This is working exactly as planned. All right. So let's bring it up full screen. This one's for you. Let's see if you can get this one, Sangram. The very first one on Emojiology. What does this say? Boom corn. Think again. Because <laughs> that is my favorite sign. Popcorn, of course. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. What about this okay, one? Now I'm getting. Oh. Uh, Rain shoes, so or rain boots. I'm so horrible at this. Oh my god! <laughs> rain shoes. You know, you know, Billy. They might actually beat him in chat. Yeah, now. they might actually. Beat him in <laughs> so horrible at that. Remember the last time we did this? I'm like, tell me the question before. Okay. See, this is the thing. I'm like so literal. Shower man, and that is shower head. <laughs> About this, <laughs> so see, at least people would get uh, get. Oh, look, people are actually beating me uh, big time. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna not even say anything because I'm gonna keep embarrassing myself on on this. One. Can somebody uh, get actually answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> this one is back seat driver right there. Driver. Oh my god! See, like that in and itself is an experience that. You know, you can have your that you can just create is part of it. I'm so glad you shared show the example. And I think as and Andrew and everybody like they're all like beating me big time and just <laughs> learn something about me that I am not so good at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. But I mean, you noticed in that moment who asked that question about spontaneity and engagement. There, there are less spontaneous things you can do. I couldn't just uh, bring a speaker in, pull somebody up on stage. Those parts, but. There are, st- there are still some spontaneity things that you can put into your event, like an interactive game. Uh, it could be someone on chat. You bring them up on the screen with you. We've had the, the platform we're using here, Sangram, to do this. We've had folks that are in the chat. And we'll say, hey, tell you what, write the words, pick me in chat, and we're going to bring you up on the screen with us to play a game. Yeah. So we bring members from the audience up on stage with us to play a game. That's, that's always to do that. So I got a couple more illustrations I want to show. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay. As so, long as it does not involve me, uh, <laughs> that sounds great. I'll, I'll relieve you of that. No worries. Okay. Uh, three, three really quick stories, examples that might help you as you're creating virtual experiences. This is Woody from Toy Story. Uh, Woody and Buzz. Bring that up there, Sean, so they can see that. Uh, Woody and Buzz right here. And uh, Woody's about to light this uh, rocket so they can take off and go find Andy, if you know the story. Yep. Yep. Giant truck comes by and blows out the match. This, the wind from the truck goes by and they literally don't know how to light the match. And then Woody has this moment where he's like, oh my goodness, everything the way I used to do it is no longer how I can do it. And I think a lot of us are standing there with a match with smoke coming off the top of it, asking ourselves, how do I relight the match? Well, as the story goes, uh, the helmet from Buzz actually has light shining through it like a magnifying glass and it shines a beam of light. It lights the rocket and they take off. So just know that your light for your event is going to come from probably a different place than you expected it. That's one illustration. Uh, another one is, there's a group out of San Francisco called Hello Lumio. Sean, bring me back up there if you would. Uh, Hello Lumio that, that created this really, really cool book. I don't know if you've seen this before. It looks like a book. It could be a safe. It could be a Bible. It could be a journal. But 
it's just this book. I'll go close to the camera. I know I'm a little blurry, but it just looks like a book. But when you open it, it's a light. Yeah. It actually turns into a lantern, turns it totally into a lantern. And so, you know, the phrase is you can't judge a book by its cover. And so when you do a virtual event, you can't always judge the way the event is going to look and going to flow. It might end up becoming a total lantern and you were expecting it to look like something else. And so Hello Lumia is amazing. I do not get um, kickbacks for sharing this, uh, but go buy one. They're pretty cool. I use it a lot in illustrations. And the last one I'll share with you is um, I love magic tricks. All right. So I'm gonna do a magic trick for you. I'm gonna come close, Ben, again, over here so you can see me. I got this pitcher of water right here. And this pitcher represents you. This is your potential. This is your impact. And here's sort of your virtual event. Some of us just sort of go halfway and just pour some of the water in and leave a lot for themselves. They don't lay themselves out there and, and try new things. And I would just say the more you can pour all the way out and leave nothing left in there, the better your event's going to be. Now, everybody watching this knows there's nothing left in here. Sangram, would you say there's nothing left in here? Feels like it. It's definitely not true because there's always more. There's always more. And so I'm just poured it out again. You watch me. I'm not taking this out of the frame. There's nothing dripping from the ceiling, but there is more water at the end of it. And I love this magic trick. It reminds me all the time that when you pour it all out for your clients, you pour it all out on every single platform that you're on. There's always, always, always going to be more. And so some of you have been going half speed. Some of you haven't quite given your all to this virtual land. And I would just challenge you, what would it look like for you if you went all in and gave it your everything? That's my, that's my last illustration. Dude, that is so good. Probably, probably one of the best ones. And, and again, for everybody listening, I will, I'm going to wrap up with like maybe one or two because there's like so many takeaways. I've just been writing down, but I'm going to download that, uh, the website where, where, I, where you have all of those things. We'll bring it back up on screen in a second. Um, and then I just want you to leave people with just one last word or a sentence that you, you want them to think about and remember uh, as they go out there. So for me, one of the big things that I learned from this is that you can actually infuse fun in your conversations. And that is probably one of the biggest things that you're missing. It's not the content that you're creating because you, you have probably speakers and people are going to prep and they're going to do what they do really, really good. But as some, if you're running an event, you got to infuse fun. And we just went through, you just went through really beautifully through the story of Woody and how, how that might feel like. And I think that's so true. We all probably feel like, holding a matchstick with no nothing there and, and no way to get light. And, and we, you, probably listening right now, have the light, as you said. The other part is there are two parts of, of almost every event I'm learning from this conversation is that the thinking part and the feeling part. And I think we overthink. And, and in that motion, we just let go of the spontaneity and some of the things that you have. So always have a couple of things in your back pocket. I love that idea as you brought that up. And, and be okay. Let, let, let Be silly a little bit. You want that to happen because people don't expect perfection. I feel like I'm glad I did not get a single answer right in the rainbow head driver man. Like whatever that the thing is. Like, but then people realize that, okay, well, Sangrib is as imperfect as, as the rock on the road. Great. Because that just makes us all human. So let that happen. Um, and, and the last one, uh, I, I love that you need to major in the minors. Details matter, and you got to figure out what that, that is. So you got to figure out what your majors are, your minors are, and all of it. So with that, again, we de deconstruct a lot of this thing in this 
private group that I started to create for marketers. Sean is a part of that as well. So if you want to join, just DM me um, and or Sean, and and we'll we'll invite you because it's an invite only group. Uh, but give Billy. Where can people reach you, and what is the one thing that you want people to live with? Yeah, the the one thing I want you to leave with is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was driving in his car and this lady rolled up to him and knocked on his window and said, Gary, just one piece of advice. And he said, three words, you're going to die. And I'll never forget that moment when I saw that. And the lady was sort of taken back and she realized what he was saying, that you get one opportunity. And so I produced a video on YouTube um, called How to Live a Life with No Regrets. And how do you lay it all out there? We're all, we're all living in this fourth quarter mentality. How do we uh, take these moments, these blessed, sacred moments that we have right now that, that we really could? And, and not to go super duper serious on you, but man, there's, there's an opportunity we have in front of us to encourage as many people as we can around us, regardless of what has happened, regardless of how tough it's been. Um, just know um, that you know if someone needs encouragement as if they're breathing. And so I would just say, take the opportunity today send that text, make that phone call, engage with that client, take that one next step and um, just live your life like it's a fourth quarter because man, you don't, you don't know the moment. So that'd be my big thought. And I would say the place to, place to go check us out would be um, over on LinkedIn is a good spot. Check it out. We're putting out stuff there. Uh, the best place is Instagram um, at Elevate Team. Um, you go find us there. And then if we can help you at all, uh, virtualeventsecrets.today, just download that free thing. Um, if you want more information, there's a place for you to contact us and reach out and um, we love the opportunity to talk to folks about their virtual experiences. And if we can serve you, it'd be great. Make sure you go join Sangram's group. Uh, it sound, sounds amazing. Sean's a part. I haven't been invited in yet. So I guess <laughs> yeah. I have to. Invite only. You, you can. You'll steal the show. You can. This is, you, you're, you're safe for a special moment, my friend. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm in. I'm in. But super, super thankful. And all of you that watch this, um, I just want to say thanks for your attention and for these moments. And hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks, man. Well, again, follow Billy uh, on LinkedIn as well in their brand. Uh, just again, last couple of house, uh, housekeeping items. Uh, we do this Monday and Wednesday. And uh, next week and the following week, we're going to have virtual events and we're just going to deconstruct. And we just heard from somebody like Billy who is doing this for companies right now, which is fantastic. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm having Courtney who's running this for the entire events. And I'm sure she's using a ton of different folks to do it. And they have a 20,000 events. And I was on, I had a backstage stage pass, if you will, because I'm one of the speakers for Inbound this year again. And, and they, the way they're thinking about this event, I didn't want to share anything in this one, but there's a lot that she's taking from what, what you're saying, Billy. Uh, but they're really completely rethinking a 20,000 plus people event. And they're shipping some stuff to every single speaker. They're doing some ridiculously different thing. Almost like there's none of it is like a stage oriented. There's no 25 minute pitch. Like there's nothing. There's, everything is different. So I, I'll encourage everybody to sign up for uh, the series up here um, for, you know, and you will see that in the notes up here as well. So again, Billy, thank you so much for pouring your heart and pouring that magic trick. I want to come and um, get that thing because that seems really, really cool. Uh, I'm sure there's what button, what are you going to tell us what, how you did that? Are you going to keep us hanging there? <laughs> My mic is cutting out. What'd you say? I can't <laughs> <laughs> tell you. Um, so there's a hole right here in the side. Wow. It actually literally stopped right when Billy was sharing this, uh, when you hold, that's the magic trick right there. That's the magic trick is to make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That literally froze exactly when you, great. That is great. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, folks. Thank you so much. 
You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.